Hey there, folks. Episode number 93, and uh, the plague has come for your beloved podcast hosts uh, as we suffer through the flu. So a bit of an abridged episode today, Uh, but we are bringing back our longest reigning, well, I guess you wouldn't call it longest reigning. He's got the longest distance between first appearance and last appearance. We'll get to that in just a minute, but for now, episode 93, don't make fun of my husky, husky sick voice. it didn't come with all the pain that came with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you ever do this thing? By the way, how are you feeling? You're, you've been sick longer than I have. I feel like I'm just coming into it. Yeah, I've been sick for a week. Yeah. yeah. I've been sick for a week. I feel like I'm on the back end, but uh, who knows? I don't know if I'm on the front or back end. I can't tell. You're anymore. certainly not on the back end. You've got a re- uh, you've got some really bad times coming. Yes. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I only get one day off, so that's all I'm taking. Um, yeah, this is the sickest I've been uh, maybe ever. This past yeah, week yeah. was probably the sickest that I can remember being hmm. years and years and years. There were more than a couple occasions where I thought that I was going to have to go to like urgent care or like yeah. actually go do something. Um, I feel like I had the flu not too long ago, um, so I feel like I'm not prepared for it, but I'm like, all right, here we go. Uh, I'm not happy about it, certainly. Uh, I got that good thing. Where it feels like your skin's too tight, you know what I'm talking about? I have, I've, no, I've never oh, heard I got of that. that one. I feel like I feel like my skin is on too tight. Like I just want to stretch all parts of my body at all times. That might not be the flu, man. Yeah, that sounds like some sort of weird like. I think I got possessed. By I, I think that's that seems a little more likely. <laughs> yeah, aliens. Uh, I am going with your uh, orange juice water cough drops method. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I should have bought nicer cough drops. Because you, I bought the ones that are just, like, cherry-flavored, and those are no good. Those are just mm. candy. <laughs> they are. They, really they are just candy. It's just candy. Mm. Uh, I like the See, box. an important an important part of that method, though, is you got to be slugging a whole pile of NyQuil before you go to bed every night. Ah, uh, yes, NyQuil. And it has yeah. to be the disgusting green kind. It's the only kind that works. I uh, Have you ever made the mistake when you're sick of looking up what your bo- what happens to your body when you get sick? No. Oh, no. it's terrible. It's horrible. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> well, I won't tell you. Uh, I'm fascinated by stuff like that. I just think it's... Because I don't understand. Like, I sit here and I, like, I like debate it. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, can I not... Why can't I control what's going on in my body? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, a couple of things. Uh, again, this will be a shorter show than normal. Uh, there's no Heather here because it was irresponsible to bring her into the studio. Uh, it's true. She has a child and a husband. She doesn't need that in her life. No reason to spread the sickness any further than we have to. No, no. So she'll be she'll be back next week as long as I'm alive. Um, all right, on top of that, uh, WrestleMania was this weekend, which I felt bad for you because I feel like you couldn't really enjoy it the way that you normally would have. Oh, at all. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. It was, that's, what, this, that's how I know that I'm really, really sick is that, like, being around anybody and talking to them is, is torture. Yes. Like, yes. it's really, and it's, I feel bad because it was, like, so many of my dear friends and just, like, anytime anybody opened their mouth, I just want to throw them off a roof. Mm. That's how I can tell that I'm really sick when I have just no tolerance for yeah. anything in the world. 
people don't bother me so much when I'm sick. It's just the fact that I have to do anything. Like, any sort of actual thing that's not just, like, I'm going to wrap myself up in this and fall asleep mm-hmm. is always a little bit too much work for me. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I can't, like... Yeah. Like, well, I mean, and this is, like I said, this is very different, you know, this time than, like, normally if I'm just a little under the weather, it's whatever, but, like, mm. I don't have the energy to, like, banter with people. That's, like, exhausting. Mm. <laughs> this is exhausting. Yes. I'll be completely honest with you. This this is, we're four minutes in the show. This I'm exhausted. Oh, very tired. With this show. Yes, exhausted. Uh, so, a couple things I wanted to discuss, though, from WrestleMania. We had some people over here last night, mm. uh, and that was all fine and well, but uh, what happened, as normally does, people will come to your house for some sort of event. And they leave all sorts of stuff that they brought with them here. So all now, sorts of stuff. So now we have all this stuff that we would never have had otherwise. Do you know what Three Olives Purple is and why it's in our house? I don't. <laughs> I do not. It looks to be. It's so, going to be here forever. Because I'm never going to drink it. What am I going to do with it? No. I can't throw it away though, because no. that seems like a waste. Uh, also, there's a take and bake pizza that I can't even imagine eating. No. Uh, no. I no. Know. That's that's the part that's going to suck the worst for me. All I can really do is, like, slowly eat salted potato chips and drink orange juice because I can't really keep, like, anything. Right. You know? I would like, like, a big bagel sandwich in my mind. But in my, oh, yeah. But in my heart, I don't know if that's the right call. I have it, yeah. In the course of the last five days, with the exception of, like, I had a bit to eat yesterday, which actually turned out to be mm. a mistake. I've eaten barely anything in five days mm. that's not, like, orange juice or, like, an English muffin here or there. I don't love orange juice all the time. I'm just saying, like, I like it, but uh, I feel like at this point in time, I only associate orange juice with being sick. And now it's become, like, ginger ale, where I'm just like, ugh, I have to do this because I'm supposed to. Right. Um, All right, so anyhow, WrestleMania, fine. Uh, I did have to have the conversation with a couple people, which is wrestling. What's, you you still watch wrestling? (laughs) And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, like Hulk Hogan? I'm like, yes, like Hulk Hogan. That being said, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. I like having people over to watch wrestling for the most part. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... What else do we, I don't know. I got nothing else, man. I'm hurt. I'm hurting. My head hurts. All right, so let's just get into this week's stories because I don't know how long I can keep going. Uh, all right, so <laughs> this is actually my favorite story I read today. Uh, so I don't know how familiar you are with uh, like what's going on with Brexit, but the actual Brexit process started today. Uh, basically, the planned withdrawal from the EU started on May 29th. It's running through April 2017. Uh, and, of course, there's been... Lots of controversy, as they say, in Europe. Uh, Mostly today, (laughs) going around Britain, briefly threatening to go to war with Spain over the rock of Gibraltar. Um, I thought this was the most interesting story of the day. It seemed like fake news, but apparently it's real. (laughs) What are your thoughts about the impending Spanish-British war? (laughs) Uh, What... I don't. I, I mean, this is this is literally the first I've heard of it, so I have no thoughts because I don't know anything about it. But um, boy, it seems silly. Like, what the hell do they care at this point in 2017? What do you really care? Um, so about some little area, just share it. It's fine. <laughs> so basically, if you don't know a little about Gibraltar, uh, there's about thirty thousand people that live on this tiny British island, right? And they are British citizens. Now, when they wanted to stay in the EU, right? Even though the UK didn't, but when the UK pulled out, they voted. No, you, what do you mean? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. They voted that they wanted to stay under, uh, Eng- like, they wanted to stay with the UK, even though they were pulling out of Brexit, right? They want to be with the English, because most of these people are English people. They're not Spanish, right? right. Even though this island is on the coast of Spain. Uh, but now, because all these Brexit, uh, these Brexit guidelines have been pulled, and England's sort of on its own, basically Spain is saying, you know, we can just sort of, we should have joint sovereignty in this. This is ours. Basically, Spain really wants this rock. It seems odd for, like, 30,000 people basically vacationing on a beach that we would go to war for it. What's the point? That's, like, I don't get, I don't get it. 
Uh, it's basically, they feel they need to defend the sovereignty of these people of Gibraltar who feel that they're English citizens and not Spanish citizens. Um, and it really just looks like Spain is trying to push the EU because they know that they can now because England doesn't have the backing of everybody else. Uh, so it's an interesting scenario, uh, and a lot of British politicians were coming out really strong about this all week. Uh, British Defense Secretary Sir Michael Fallon suggested that Britain is ready to use military force to defend the sovereignty of Gibraltar, vowing to go all the way to protect the territory. Uh, now, mind you, I feel like this will probably just blow off. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that Spain and England uh, are going to go to war over Iraq. No, what? No. This would be the first time since 1585. So it's the Anglo-Saxon Wars... All over again. Oh, good. <laughs> and speaking of good news, uh, here's another one for you. This is a little more locally based good news. Uh, Republicans this week approved legislation uh, to allow internet service providers to sell information about customers' web browsing history to advertisers and third parties. I feel like this has been going on for a long time, right? W- what? I, I've, what? I've always been under the impression that internet service providers were selling my information. That's why all the ads that pop up on the side of my thing were based around stuff I look for. It's, there's, no, there's a lot more, there's a lot more layers mm-hmm. to it than that. Um, a lot of the companies and the apps that you use and, uh, you know, those people sell your information and basically the internet service providers just want their slice of the pie. Yeah. And they were able to for a very long time. Um, and then there was some legislation written late in Obama's last term mm-hmm. that stopped them and all they did was reverse that. So, like, this is one of those things where... You know, people are up in arms because when you just when you mm-hmm. when you splash in the news and you're like, oh, they just gave them the rights to sell your browsing history. Yeah. That's not really what it is. Sure, it's not good. Certainly, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But we're we're inching ever closer to a time where you know the internet is it's not as free as it used to be, and it's going to continue to not like it's going to continue mm-hmm. to get worse. Uh, this is a quote from uh, Kate Tamarello from the Electric Frontier Foundation, a group that advocates for online privacy rights. She said, we are one vote away from a world where your I- uh, ISP can track your every move online and sell that information to the highest bidder. That sounds terrible, but again, I feel like I felt like that was already happening. Maybe I'm yeah. just cynical, right? Like, no, yeah, that seems, that that was my expectation. Mm. Uh, so yeah, man, uh, it's all falling apart, here and abroad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This has really ruined my ability to look up anything today. I I went looking for stories today. The other one I found was basically Elon Musk and that guy Jeff Bezos are uh, feuding to go to space. Um, And it's actually driving the cost of space travel downward, though, which is kind of fascinating. Like this weird personal beef between these two guys to get to space first is driving the cost of space travel down. I don't know who's calling for budget space travel. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) what... I, I suppose, well, if we're not going to, if the government is never going to allocate any money to NASA to keep extending, you know, our space mm-hmm. exploration, our space program, it's going to have to happen in the private sector. So, I mean, cool. That's a good point. And I guess it's like, it's better that these guys are spending their money on something that theoretically is beneficial, right? Mm-hmm. But you wonder, like, this is also the guys who own, like, Amazon and PayPal and have tons and tons of money. Who's to say that they're not just, like, megalomaniac supervillains? Well, they are. They are. <laughs> How, okay, so how safe would space travel have to be before you thought about going to space? Like, how, how much space travel would have had to go on? What does go to space mean when you say that? So, let's say there's a theoretical... Like, lower Earth orbit, or like, let's say there's Proxima a, B? Let's say there's a theoretical resort on the moon, and you can go, it takes a week to go via space travel, right? How long, like, would you, you wouldn't want to be on the first ship to go, right, certainly. No. But, like, how many, like... 
a couple years of people going back and forth to space before you're like, okay, let's see what this space thing is all about. Yeah, I mean, as 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 soon as it's safe, like as soon as it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, it's I just, suppose. It's not like a it's not a, a gradient scale. It's a, it's pretty black or white. You yeah. know what I mean? Like once we figured out how to do it, then yeah, sign me up. You know what I mean? I'd be into it. I think I I, I say that now, like in hindsight, like in my living room, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'd want to leave the millions of things that you know, millions of people and friends and places around here, but. Like millions of friends. The millions and millions. Uh, My head hurts. Uh, All right. (laughs) So, uh, as I mentioned, we didn't have an interview this week because I didn't feel right bringing people into the house (laughs) to do any any conversations. Uh, So, actually, my buddy, our buddy, everyone's buddy, the man who was on episode number one, Cliff Montoni's going to come down, talk to us about life, talk to us how he's been. Yeah. Nice. That's what he told me earlier, at least when I talked to him last night, so... There you go. We'll see. Uh, before we do that, though, I need to uh, I need to shamelessly plug our product and event, uh, folks. If you were here for it last year at the first annual Utica Day, we were calling it "I Love Utica Day," but that seemed like a long title, an unnecessarily long title. Uh, the Maiden Utica folks are back one more time for the second annual Utica Day. That is Saturday, April 29th at 6 p.m. Uh, in partnership with MVCC. This is at the Robert R. Jorgensen Athletic Event Center. Uh, it's $5 for the general public, $2 for MV employees, and free for MVCC students. Uh, it's going to be, as it was last year, a local vendor fair uh, with Utica food, art, and businesses. Uh, panel discussion hosted by <clears throat> yours truly uh, with community members. I actually just got the list today. I'm going to start interviewing viewing and reaching out to him later this week. I'm very excited. Uh, live music, much, much more. Go to MaidenUtica.com. Second annual Utica Day, Saturday, April 29th. You went last year, right? Were you there? You were there last year. I was at work. You were at work. Yep. That's right. I was stuck there by myself. Couldn't get away. That was a good time last year. I had a great time talking to Lynn Michelini, who was awesome, and Chris Sunderland, and Emily Leo, and I'm totally going to flake on the last one who I talked to, and I'm going to feel like a jerk about it. Oh, Ryan Miller. It was Ryan Miller. Great po- How great- could you forget Ryan Miller? I don't see him as often as I used to. Uh, He's all over the internet. He's taking see, over the web. You should... You should. Mm. No, I'm saying. All right, so, uh, so look, I know it's only 13 minutes, but I got to be honest, I'm, that's 13 minutes more than I thought I'd be able to do today. So let's, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back with uh, me and Mr. Montoni, uh, and we'll be back in just a minute. I just always believe that that was the case. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's all we really talked about today. It's nice to have you back on. You know, I was talking about this with Kev uh, when you were on... Because you, you were on the first episode. The very first episode of the show. Way back when. Episode number one. And then you were also on as sort of like the, the third host after Aaron left, but before Mara came in. Uh, and I always thought, and I tell Kevin this all the time, I always thought that our banter was very good. We had good banter. My biggest problem was it always sounded just like too many of the same dudes 
talking about the same stuff. We're all not, the same. We're not a diverse group. No, it's very the demographics yeah. skewed very close in one thing, which is always my uh, was always my biggest issue with the three yeah. of us. But I always thought our yeah. banter was good. Hey, real quick, when do I get paid for this? Oh. The same right when I get paid for it. <laughs> Once I get paid for it, you can get paid for it. Uh, and we've talked actually after you had uh, been on the show about sort of doing off and doing your own solo thing. We never really got it going just because life is crazy. That's you know? not why. Well, there's a lot of reasons yeah. why. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of reasons why. But like, you I know. can't be trusted in front of a microphone for long periods of time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, but Cliff Montoni, it's nice to have you back on the show. Um, I was thinking about this, actually. It was fascinating. I was trying to get prepped for this today. When you were on here the first time, uh, you were working... For, you did bread, I think is what we were shilling the first time you were on here. Yeah. Uh, and since then, you have moved on to something different. You've been... What's your byline? Because I have no idea what your byline is. Right now? Yeah. Uh, I'm the gift shop manager at Serenark. Gift shop manager? Yeah, look out. <laughs> is that why the gift shop looks so sharp every time I walk in there? Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> Me or somebody else. I don't know. Somebody's doing a good job. Uh, so, gift shop manager... Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. I think it's the perfect job for you. And we've talked about your history in uh, in retail in the past, and we'll get, yeah, yeah, and we'll get into yeah. that. And just it's definitely a good job. Oh yeah, I'm learning. I'm I'm kind of leaning towards like future guru. I see. Yeah, like person. Yeah, <laughs> like personality guru as well too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty serious. I don't. <laughs> I know. I love it. I'm into it. Uh, so Cliff, it's been a long time since we've been on the show, so I'm just going to run you through our standard interview process. Okay. So some of these questions I probably already know the answers to, but our, our listeners pretend like you don't. Pretend I'm going to pretend I don't. Yeah. Uh, so Cliff Monsoni, gift shop manager, Saranac Brewery. Uh, where were you born? Uh, I was born in Amsterdam, New York. Amsterdam. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Amsterdam, New York. I have no concept for what region that is. Is that like Central New York? Talking uh, Western? Yeah. So it is, I don't know, like between here and Albany. Like smack that okay. in the middle, I All would right. say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's long, really not that interesting. Well, how long were you there? Oh, well, I mean, I was just born there. They shipped me off right away. Mm. Yeah. They so, sent me to Canada Harry. So you still you still associate Canjo as, as home. As home. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah. Which is weird. Albany a lot, too. Yeah, you've always talked a lot about Albany. Not so not, much here. Not, do, you, do you, you still feel uncomfortable here? Yeah, I could have told, I told somebody the other day that I lived here for like six months or whatever, you know, like I don't really, hmm. just don't have that mental space. It's hmm. like, this is where home is. I think it's just a time thing. I think I got to hit the threshold. It's been a quick two years. Hmm. Has it only been two years since you've been yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. So you all, that's interesting because I always, you know, I, even when I was in Brooklyn for a long time, Brooklyn always seemed like a stopover right a little quick yeah. little quick stopover i yeah. never i never really in my heart of hearts felt like i was ever going to stay in brooklyn forever maybe i lied to myself early on like i just become like an indie rock star or something but that didn't happen um now, maybe that's what it is with me is i'm just waiting for the waiting guru for phase <laughs> yeah so you associate kanjo with home then necessarily for the yeah, probably yeah. yeah yeah that's what you know where i grew up so that's probably home your brothers and sisters uh yeah i have a half sister um yeah half sister yeah a lot of people don't know that um because i was raised an only child uh. um and so people like peg me as only child and like oh you have only child behaviors and i guess i'm uh, narcissistic and selfish i suppose is maybe where is that, they're, is that only child that. they're just like the euphemism is like oh you're an only child we knew that yeah. Yeah. i have youngest child uh like impulses yeah. which is like yeah. i get away with everything and my parents were kind of tired by the time they got to me so <laughs> i got away with more st- yeah it's pretty good <laughs> I didn't. I never dealt with only child because I'm. I grew up with sisters, but like, yeah, yeah. Was it weird to get like a, a sibling later on in life? Then I suppose. Uh, no, she's actually older than I am huh. uh, from my dad's first marriage. Uh, but she, you know, wasn't around the house a lot. Lived with her mom for a while, and uh, 
So she didn't have a huge influence on me, but I mean, we have a, a decent, but like we have a, like a civil but distant relationship. But uh, yeah, it's it's actually kind of cool. So, so you did Kandro all the way up through like high school then, all the way. Yeah. Through. What was that like? Small. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it was it was kind of perfect. Like, uh, it, it took me a long time to get around to the point where you're grateful mm-hmm. for what it is that made you who you are. Yeah. You know, I had a really good education and I had, uh, you know, I really disliked high school, but that being said, I had access to a lot of great resources that a lot of people don't. So I, I mm-hmm. really can't look back and complain that much. Um, so that's home. I'm yeah. glad I escaped. It's a very small town. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I assume you went to college in Albany then. I did. Yeah. You, yeah. you Albany guy? Yes. You all through and through, mm. yeah. All my time spent in Albany was on like the St. Rose campus. I never spent any time at U Albany, yeah. for the most part. Uh, what was your U Albany experience like? I've heard good things about Albany over the years. I've heard good and bad things. If <laughs> no, you will. the city's the city's great. I mean, I jokingly tell people it's the best city in the world. It's like Paris, New York, Albany. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't buy it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, really cool young culture. Uh, I really appreciated. Like you mm. know, even even as an undergrad, I guess. 19 to 25 is probably a little different, but like 25 to like 35, they got a really cool culture going there. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the area. Uh, what was your degree in college? I have a bachelor's in criminal justice and in psychology. Criminal justice. I love Yeah, that. that's me, you know. And people, <laughs> the first question everybody asks is, uh, did you want to be a cop? Did you? No, God, no. no I was going to say. Me? No, I was yeah. going to say. I, <laughs> no. You know what, though? I think that there is, uh, there is something romantic about criminal justice. Because even as, when you're when I was in high school, I remember looking at, like, like yeah, criminal justice. Yeah. Because right? I always thought it would be cool to be, like, not a cop, but, like, a detective. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's, right, like, unrealistic. Right. Yeah, you know, I don't think they just let you jump into that role. Um, I, I watched Board of Death on HBO. It seemed pretty easy the way they did it yeah 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 i'm not i wanted to work in reform in reform yeah interesting when i was 18 i took a vacation to tampa and wandered Mm -hmm. into a head shop and into into a in a Mm -hmm. head shop i found a book by a company called disinformation and it was Mm -hmm. just this like series of essays that Mm -hmm. like challenged the status quo and uh, I just read a bunch of stuff about like inequity in the criminal justice system, and mm-hmm. it kind of really turned me onto it. So I, I started studying reform, um, studied basically drug law, yeah, yeah. And incarceration, yeah, um, and really wanted to work in reform. And then probably by the end, of, by the end of the time I got to it, I was just like, this is pretty useless. Um, and, we're, <laughs> and we're starting to realize that it is pretty useless. I I felt like. Um... I took chemical dependencies in college, yeah, right? That yeah. was that was one of the big ones, right? And uh, I think what it really did was it sort of like just gave you. I remember like a lot of kids in my class were just like, "Oh, this sounds dope." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right, right. Just a lot of kids were like, "This yeah. sounds great." Play on words. And I'm like, there. I don't know, man. Like, you know, it. I think what you find out is that like the reality about drugs, right, is different than drug law. Yeah. Like, yeah, like drug law is very different than like the reality of what like the drug world is like, like what drugs do to you. You know yeah, I mean? well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've been lied to, and the entire system is built mm. to uh, oppress people. <laughs> like, there's no way around it. I mean, I, we need to start speaking <laughs> clearly about the situation. I love that we got here because that's one of my favorite things about our, our conversations. You, I, I tend to find you, uh, find you find a great importance in like existential discussion and conversation. Oh man, in, yeah, it's been a long day. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> when, when did you feel like you were interested in like counterculture and like existential thought? Is this is, was was one of the first times like. No, uh, early, really early, early, really. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, 
basically like I got involved kind of in in just like thinking about government and politics mm -hmm. in like the probably yeah. the ninth or tenth grade. Interesting. And just pursued that and like alternative views on history and stuff like that. Yeah, history was where I started to get a yeah. little bit in that zone. See, with government for me, I always, even as a kid, I think when I was a young man, I was just sort of like, I like freedom. I'm going to be a Democrat, right? And I just sort of did Democrat stuff until I got into like the third election cycle that I was yeah. allowed to vote. Yeah. I was like, wait, uh, hang on a minute here. Let's let's break this all down. Do you think it's important though? Like, I don't know if I don't know if we do enough. I talk about this all the time. In, in education, there's a thing called like uh, important questions, right? Like yeah. these existential questions, and it's not like necessarily part of the curriculum. But it's sometimes important to ask kids these open-ended questions that lead into greater conversation. It's probably something we're not doing enough of in our education system, I think, at least. Yeah, and it, it's it's hard because I'm not necessarily an expert on uh, mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. But I put a great value on uh, inquiry, skepticism, mm -hmm. curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, and I, that's probably why I didn't do super well in high school is mm -hmm. I, I don't feel – I feel like we're more geared towards rote learning and oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. there's definitely, sure. you know, the testing is not on how much do you know about the thing that you love, mm -hmm. but how much do you know about all things. Right, um, right, right. So we've got a, not even a really well-educated, but we've got a fairly well-educated populace up to a point, right? Well, we to get to that point, though, we cut back on a lot of things as well. Like, we cut back on creativity and art yeah, exactly. and, and, like, free play, which is a silly yeah. concept. I even heard an article, there's, like, an NPR thing today about this, about, like, some teacher who's considered like this controversial figure because he's making sure that his kids have recess every day because it's right. important it's like is that really is that really a controversy yeah. like <clears throat> kids had recess all the time we were, i mean like it's i don't know it's scary i'm scared for the kids in school sometimes yeah i mean you and i had a discussion recently about um we were talking about healthcare. oh yeah and oh, yeah. um I, I was just saying how I really think that the solution to healthcare and the solution to a good number of problems yeah. is just education oh um, yeah it's like we create oh, more scientists, yeah, yeah. you know? That's right. So, like, basically, like, we all need health care because the cost of care is so high, right? Correct. Yeah, part yeah. of that is health care costs are high. Part yeah. of it is there are uninsured people. Yeah. We can't seem to find middle ground on right. that. So. And we got. And my argument was, I think at the time, was, well, okay, let's get to the root. Like, why is it so expensive to right. go to the dentist? If I need to get a tooth fixed, why yeah. does it cost $12,000? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. it costs $12,000 because the people who know how to do it need to pay for the education. Exactly. Exactly, right? So there's not as many dentists <laughs> yeah. as there need to be. There's yes. not as many drug mm -hmm. developers as there need to be. Mm -hmm. There's not, uh, like, you know, so when you're when you're buying a drug, you're you're paying for all the drugs that failed mm -hmm. because there aren't enough scientists to test the product. Like, there was an article this week now that they say in the last, like, 10 years, they're starting to see much less difference between people who have like degrees and people who don't now like the difference in terms of what you make uh in terms of a salary oh right yeah right, it's, right. It, the the gap is shrinking yeah right because it doesn't seem to matter as much anymore yeah it's scary because i i education was important to me i am proud that i went to college yeah. and got a degree yeah but i do also think like hmm, maybe you know there's a lot of people out there and not everyone needs to go to school right Right, right. Or how about just nobody needs to pay for it? Or nobody needs to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We can find a way to do that. Um, we can absolutely find a way to do that. We have the resources, and we're all going to benefit from it. Hmm. Um, so, like, if you're looking at long-term solutions to serious problems, like, uh, I threw this up on Facebook the other day, uh, which, when do I do that? I know, very rare. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah, it in a long yeah. time. <clears throat> but the, um, there, there was a guest on Sam Harris's podcast who was talking about how yeah, the yeah. solution to all the major problems mm -hmm. right now cannot be solved through nationalism yeah. and, and can't be solved by a single nation. You know, you talk about uh, global warming. Like, mm -hmm. it's not a single nation problem, so we have to be very right. careful. 
isolating ourselves. Well, it's that's like a general. It's my generalized thought in that. And again, my brain doesn't work as well as Sam Harris's, but it's basically like we need to stop thinking on a on a country or local planet exactly. and start thinking as a planet. Like we're exactly. all on Earth, right? Yeah. Like we still sort of think of ourselves as just like the United States and everybody else, right? Right. Uh, it should just be. This is Earth in space. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the scary thing is that we're kind of kind of working in a, a, the opposite direction. I think that's only for now. Yeah. I think I, I do think that there's a certain algorithm to the way that uh, the populace in our country reacts to the the world at large. Yeah. It's, right? But it, so it's also an international thing, though. Mm. Like if you look at Brexit, so oh, yeah. you've got yeah. you know the two going on right now. Yeah, the two most you know the two largest industrialized nations mm. right next to maybe China, but China is also highly nationalist. So oh, yeah. you've got like the leaders in the world are highly nationalist and can't seem to come to any conclusion on trying to solve the greatest problem, greatest threat mm. to mankind. Um, which is like a right now problem, you know? So I, like, I can't wait for it to go through a cycle for ignorant people to realize that nationalism is not the answer. Like, I need them to know now. One of the arguments I heard, and maybe you have a comment on this, it seems like the biggest problem, at least one of the biggest problems that we're getting today is the fact that nothing is taken as the truth anymore, right? Like, there's no such thing as a fact checker of the truth anymore. Everything is presented as an alternative fact. You can't prove anything. People are arguing that the earth is flat again. More people are saying it. Oh, my God. Do you know what I mean? Like, at what point in time yeah. do we just go, no, you're you're wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not true, right? Yeah, that's... It, like, one of the things that concerns me is people who are afraid to make value judgments yeah. on other people's yeah. opinions. is like, well, we can't silence what they're mm. saying. And it's like, no, you can't silence what they're saying, but you can put into perspective the fact that they are a fringe, like, 0.5%. Right, yeah. You know? And, yeah. like, that 0.5% <laughs> happens to be very loud and kind of mm. attractive to insecure people. Yes. But they're still 0.5%. And I think, you know, a lot of... The other one that gets me, too, is, like, we talked a lot... Last week on the show, we talked about... Um, not only they're saying now that Pluto might be a planet again, but there also might be like 110 other things that are considered planets under the new definition of what a right, planet right, is. Right, 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 right. And it starts to get, and I, I think that's fascinating, but it's also a little bit like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, at what point in time do we like have to make, <laughs> is it too much? Is yeah. it like, does it matter? Does it matter? And is it too much? Yeah. And like, how much information can we, can we possibly take? And there's already a limited amount of information we can take in yeah. as humans at any given time. And like, there's just, we're oversaturated with it, with information. Yeah, yeah. Kevin and I talk about a lot how you know we're one of the one of the early groups to have mass exposure to information. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that we're gonna start seeing more and more. Hopefully, that you know kids who are younger than us are a little different mm-hmm. than us because they've had just all of the information of the universe at their fingertips from a very early age. So. Do you feel like you see more and more people of our age range uh, sort of trying to preach the, like, I need to, we need to get off our cell phones more? Like, because I do think that, like, in the in the, the long term of things, cell phones have really only been around for, like, less than 20 years. Like, yeah. On a regular, yeah. like, everyone has one basis. So it's a, in the long scale of history, it's still very new, yeah. right? There's obviously going to be a period of time when we're using it like crazy because it's still sort of new in a, in a longer scale concept. I think we still haven't reached the point where we've evened out from just getting cell phones 20 years ago. Like we're still overly fascinated. Yeah, we're still overly fascinated. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like we're not, it's not yet mundane enough where we don't, where we'll leave it to the side, right? Yeah. And the internet, I think to the same way, like it's not yet mundane enough where we're not like addicted to it still as a culture. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, the other thing is like the point in our life and the level of responsibility (laughs) we have, like you and I aren't parents. That's a very good point. You know, like the the friends that I have that are parents spend less time on their phone. You know, mm-hmm. and like I've spent 
hours and hours with them and they're not on their phone just flipping through it like <laughs> we just don't have the demands and we can indulge ourselves in nothingness for like 45 minutes you know like I watched Russian fight videos for like two hours the other day <laughs> what's weird like, about that is I actually am like a self-conscious like emo kid so for me I'm always like I don't like to be in my like there's only so many places where I'll really be on my phone yeah I'm like yeah, really yeah, digging yeah. in my phone yep. I try not to do it like even if like people are in the living room or like I'm goofing around I try not to just be like scrolling through my phone yeah unless I'm ignoring somebody specifically and I don't want to talk to them which happens more often than people notice yeah but that's just totally cool with completely getting away from it oh yeah uh, it's really just I would probably just read more I assume I, interact I with other people. Yes, interact yeah. with other people. Yeah. Boring. Um, so uh, let me ask you this: you, uh, I won't get too much into your into your new gig, but how are you liking how are you liking the atmosphere over at the brewery as opposed to a lot of places you've been beforehand? It's great. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, I, I mean, how do you break it down? Like, how could I have a better job, really? Well, because um, your sales background that I know of, you you was retail initially, and yeah. then in like not food service necessarily, but like you were doing other stuff. Like, this is a different animal a little bit. Then. <sighs> Well, I guess not. I guess it's not a different animal than the retail you did to a, on a yeah, medics. No. Yeah, on a yeah, medical yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the other thing too is that I'm just really fascinated by mm. numbers and behavior. You've and, always been. Yeah. yeah. So that's really where I dig in. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a great gig, and you know, coming up in the summer, we've got Thursdays, we've got concerts. Yeah, taking not back Sunday. A really bad way to spend my summer. So <laughs> that's what I always think about whenever I go down to see you guys down at work. Um, even I think a couple weeks ago we were down there for some event and we were standing on the porch and it's like this is not the worst place. to No, spend your time. not at all. You know no, I mean? no, no. I, uh, uh, I I tell the kids all the time like I worked in a sweatshop for a while, you know. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> this is pretty dope. I'm cool with it. We can do this uh, some more. Did you uh, when you were on the show? The first time we certainly didn't do them, but when you were on, did you ever do? Did we ever do the non sequitur questions with you when you were on the show? I don't know. All right, well, I don't know. You want to run me through? I'll run them through them before we head out uh, because I feel like we didn't do them with you. And All I'll right. give you—I'll even give you the bonus one that I don't give to everybody. Oh, because wow. you're, you're the wow. you're not, because knowing you like I know you, you'll have a good answer. <clears> for this, okay? That's a lot of pressure. All right, so you can go to dinner with anybody, living or dead, who is not your family. Who do you go with? Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan. Sorry. Yeah, no, good. Sorry. It's funny. Uh, I, my stock answer is always Rod Sterling, but I'm glad that you have an answer that you always go to. Did you watch the old Cosmos and stuff? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it on Valentine's Day a couple years ago. <laughs> I wasn't at all lonely. Dispel all rumors. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, once you look at the infinite Cosmos, you can never be lonely. Yeah, right? Yeah. Sagan's fascinating. I'm, yeah. Matter of fact, I'm a big Neil deGrasse Tyson guy. I talk about him a lot on the show. Yeah. If you watch the new version of Cosmos, he actually talks about meeting Carl Sagan yes. and how he had a huge effect on him, and that's, like, crazy to me as well. Yeah, yeah. He had a huge impact on everybody living right yes. now, and they don't even know it. Oh, so, yeah. you yeah. know, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the six lightning round questions. These are the same six questions we've asked everybody who's been on the last 50 or some odd <laughs> episodes. Let's start this way. Cliff Montoni, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Uh, with sugar. Just sugar? Just sugar. You know dairy guy? No. You lactose intolerant? No. You just don't like dairy? No, I, I don't like that I put anything in my coffee. You want to be a black coffee Yeah, guy. and I yeah. was for a really yeah. long time, and yeah. I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm fighting like a serious sugar addiction right now. Oh, yeah. Which is really strange, but I notice it more and more. Well, now sugar is the hot... Like, kill point if you want to get, like, if you want to lose weight. It's like, yeah. it used to be carbs, yeah. and then it was calories, and now it's like, oh, just no more sugar. Yeah. Soon, I don't I don't think we should do anything. Theoretically, water. just water and vegetables. Yeah, right? water and vegetables, <laughs> yeah. But be careful on vegetables. 
Yeah, pesticides. Who yeah, knows? yeah, yeah. GM, GMOs. GMOs. Yeah. Isn't everything a GMO? Here's the thing. Now, and I don't know. This is a hot take. Everybody should just Google like, are GMOs safe? Because I'm pretty sure if you Google that, all the evidence says that it is. Yeah, everything I've ever seen. Everyone makes like, a big deal about the GMOs, and I'm like, well, isn't like I, at a theoretical level, like everything? Well, everything's selected for. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Everything's everything's selected mm-hmm. for for sure. Yeah, I'm sure that there's some like non-GMO person who's going to hear this and be like, these guys have no idea what they're talking about. about yeah, but I kind of do. So <laughs> you should definitely send that research to the Uticast if you find information. And I'm not talking about pesticides. I'm talking about genetically modified foods. All right. <laughs> All right, so besides coffee, let's get to the next one. Uh, what was your first car? Oh, my God. Uh, my first car was a Dodge Neon, a blue one. Ooh, what year? It was fun. Jeez. I hated my Neon. I had, like, I had no idea. Uh, my Neon was, uh, I had crashed my second car. My first yeah. car was just a piece of junk. It yeah. fell apart. Second one, I got in the bad car accident, and I had to get a car, like, too sweet, right? Yeah. The Neon showed up at my house, like, basically. I mean, it was just yeah. out of nowhere. I hated it. Really? Hated it, hated it, hated it. But I'll tell you, it survived for... I love mine. It survived for a long time. And I abandoned it too quickly. And I'm pretty sure it's still running, and I'm on Volkswagen number two. You love Volkswagen. You're a big Volkswagen guy. Here's the thing. I tried to buy something that wasn't. Mm-hmm. And my like the like, the reptile portion of my brain would not allow me to. I just like just just sucked right into another Volkswagen. So. See, I'm so the only thing about Volkswagens for me is I'll never like Volkswagens until they go back to being boxier looking. I like them to look like Volvos. I get that. Yeah. I, they're too yeah. sleek now. I know. Even I my it. car that I just I got it. is too sleek for me. A little yeah. bit. A little too sleek. Yeah. All right. Uh, you may or may not have taken uh, that car to see it, but what was your first uh, live music concert? Wow, these are tough. They're tough ones, I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we can come back to you if you don't know that one. Uh, I don't know that one. You're I really not a don't live know. music guy? No, no, no. I was. I was. But I'm going to say it was some type of like music. I think it was like a K-Rockathon or K-Rockathon, something. K-Rockathon. I'm willing like to that. bet. Yeah. 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 So I couldn't That's tell fair. you who was there. And I did a number of those. Um, See, I didn't go, I don't go to many concerts, so I think yeah. I have, like, very explicit memories of the specific, like, few that I have been to, yeah. right? Yeah. If I went to more, it all sort of mushing together. Uh, same kind of line of talking, though. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show that you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Okay. So, I am currently reading Free Will by mm-hmm. Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, yeah. It's very good. It's very thin. Um, which I appreciate makes me feel like an accomplished scholar. More of a pamphlet than a book. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Yeah, if it was a threefold, you would you'd be like, oh, I get it. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm reading, and I, you know, I'm having a hard time not falling asleep because I read in bed. Mm. So it's taking me forever, which I really hate. If Sam Harris's book writing style is anything like his podcasting voice, it will put you to sleep. Dude, the first two pages are about a murder, and you're just like, I'm in. And then the rest of it is about, like, consciousness and where yeah. thought comes from, and you're just like, oh. You know, you're probably my number one other Sam Harris guy, and I, I like Sam Harris a lot. And I, yeah. I, he's one of those guys, though, that I appreciate a lot of the things he says. I just don't know if he's always the best vessel to deliver that information because he's really not super... Interesting? He's not. He's a very <laughs> dull guy. He's just really brilliant. And, like, it's it's hard to be dull and charismatic. Charismatic. I'm sorry. It's hard, it's hard to be that intelligent and also lack any charisma at all. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really got to be trying. He definitely does. Yeah. I, man, 
I'm in love with him though. I'm in love oh, with the way, yeah. way he thinks. What, so it, it's perfect. Are you for still me. on Rogan, or you said you were down on Rogan a little bit? I'm down on Rogan. I'm a little, a little down bit. on Rogan too. I'm a little down on Rogan on account of like the the repeat the the repeat stories, yeah. and it's not his fault. It's nothing. It's nothing about him. It just is what it is. All right. So let me set the scenario here for you. What's your sport of choice if you had to pick a sport? MMA. MMA, right? Okay, yeah. so MMA. That's a good one. All right. So you are the, the UFC welterweight champion. What's the... I don't know what the weight classes are. What would be your weight class? Uh, 170. 170. So yeah. whatever your weight class is. Yeah. You're that t- champion. The UFC heavyweight champion. I mean, that's believable. Yeah. Yeah, believable. for sure. You're walking down to the octagon. The crowd is chanting your name. Cliff. Cliff. You got the belt in the air. What song is playing in the background as you make your way into the octagon? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to steal it because somebody already did it. Mm-hmm. It's Backseat Freestyle. Backseat Freestyle. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's very um, good. And uh, Mayweather did it with Kendrick Lamar live because <laughs> he's got that much money. I love Kendrick so. Lamar. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. You, I'm a, you're right in my age range. I'm a 31-year-old. Pretty, you know, vanilla-looking white guy. I mean, I usually have, like, a dress shirt on because I'm, like, at the office. I find it funny that I, like, still listen to, like, hip-hop music really loud and it throws people off when I'm in the car. Yeah. It's really, it's a weird thing when, like, yeah. I'm in the car and, like, I'm playing Kendrick and people are like, really? I've always, always <laughs> I've been always, that guy. I've been that guy since I was, like, a little kid. I don't think I give off the impression of a hip-hop yeah. fan. When you meet me and you hear about all the dinosaurs and nerdiness and yeah. wrestling yeah. and all that thing, I don't think hip-hop fan is something that comes into the first, <laughs> first yeah. assumptions yeah, yeah, yeah. about me. Well, like, I love Kendrick, though. He's so good. I'm from Canada, Harry, you know, like, <laughs> but I've been, like, my first, some of my first Columbia House CDs, oh, yeah. was like, it was, like, the score from the Fugees, and, oh, like, uh, License yeah. to Ill from Beastie Boys, so. Uh, Beastie Boys is, uh, is a little bit time and place for me, because I love the Beastie Boys, Yeah. But, um, I have a hard time listening to it now. Well, now I like it because it's, like, nostalgic, because yeah, exactly. it's not going to be anymore. Yep. But, like, I think Intergalactic was, like, the last time I was like, yeah, okay, Beastie Boys, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. All right, and besides, um... Besides, obviously, existential conversation, besides uh, salesmanship, besides community endeavors, besides Canada Jahari, uh, Cliff Montoni, give me one more thing that you are passionate about. Being your guru. <laughs> your personal guru. <laughs> uh, oh, before I let you go, uh, I did sign up for Boilermaker again this year. Are you ready for Boilermaker? I'm, I can't do it. Not doing it because you're doing things. I got to work. I'm going to run it in your stead. I'm gonna, Thank you very much. I will wear your face. You I'm not get, happy about it. If you can get me a shirt <clears throat> with your face on it, I will wear it. I can do that. Get you deserve so much better. <laughs> <laughs> can but, we just paint my face on your chest? Like, it would sweat off, I feel That's like, before the end. I'm very I'm cool with that. I'm like a, I'm a burly man. It's tough. <laughs> uh, Cliff, thank you for uh, for coming in. I appreciate it. I'm not going to shake your hand because... I appreciate that. I'm just, I don't want you through. to have to deal with this. This I'm time through. Give elbow, a little elbow. Mm. And uh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Anytime. Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Uh, mine had a dream. Mine had a dream. Kendrick have a dream All my life I want money and power Respect my mind or die from less shout I pray my dick get big as the Eiffel Tower So I can fuck the world for 72 hours Goddamn, I feel amazing Damn, I'm in the matrix My mind is living on cloud nine And this nine is never on vacation Start up that Maserati and vroom, vroom I'm racing, popping pills in the lobby And I pray they don't find the All right, on this day in uh, 2010, 
Apple released its first generation iPad, which I've never had. I've never had an iPad or like a tablet type device. I have a tablet and I have almost no use for it, I yeah. find. Hmm. Almost no use for it. It's, it's, I mean, more often than not, it sits, not even charged, just dead. I, I don't know what I would ever... Yeah, Parkinson seems to use his iPad a lot. He doesn't have a phone. Yeah, that's a good You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, it becomes, you know, it's useful in that case. But, like, I, if you have a phone and a laptop, I don't know what in the world you need a tablet for. Just, it's like, uh, just for fun, basically. And it, it did sell really well, actually. It sold $3 million in the first 80 days that it was out. Uh, it took a year before the iPad 2 was out, and by then, 15 million of the original iPads had been sold. I don't remember, I guess I missed, like, I didn't have an iPad, right? But it must have been a big deal when it came out. It was huge. I, I don't remember ever thinking, like, I wanted one. It was huge, But yeah. it obviously sold tons. Well, of course it did. It's an Apple product. I want Apple to start, like, really hardcore trolling people, and they've started a little bit. <laughs> but I want them to go even further with the trolling people just to see, like, what kind of crap everybody will eat up and talk about it's the best product in the world yeah. because it has the Apple on it. Oh, yeah. I just think they should go back to being more creative. Like, I feel like they've kind of gotten into a lull of not really making anything exciting anymore. Like, you know, people will say the Apple Watch, and, you know, sure. doesn't really do it for me. I don't know. Like, the iPhone was a big deal. Like, the iPhone, like, revolutionized cell phones, quote-unquote, right? Like, it was uh, the most... It was the most interesting, like, opposite alternative brand at the time when it came out. I'm thinking about it from back then, not today when it seems like I don't a, think it... Was it even an alternative brand? I don't it know. It seemed like it, because Microsoft was always... Like, in 2000, Microsoft got hit with a monopoly because it was running over the industry. It took 10 years for Apple to put out the iPad, right? That's a 10-year difference in time that Apple came from being number two to, like, a close number one. I See, I don't, I don't know, though. They... I don't think that's that. Number one, that's not what Microsoft got their monopoly charges hit for. It has nothing to do with mm. Apple's business model. Number two, by easily, I mean, the time we graduated high school, 2003, 2004, they were selling piles and piles of MacBooks, mm. certainly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't buy the underdog, like, innovator narrative, yeah. really. I don't know. I always grew up assuming that they were like the B-list brand of computers behind Microsoft growing up. That was always the narrative in my head. Yeah, they, when we were in like third or fourth grade, that was true. Mm. Like, when we were super, super young. Uh, on this day in 1996, uh, the Unabomber was arrested. And the only reason I bring this up is this is one of the first, like, adult things I remember hearing about. Much like the O.J. Simpson trial. I remember, like, the Unabomber being, like, a big thing that, like, my parents were talking about yeah. for a long time. I don't know. You got any big adult moments you remember from, like, that was, like, 10, I guess, in 96. I'm trying to... I remember the Unabomber. I remember O.J. O.J. Um, was... I didn't get it back then. The, I remember, like, the AIDS crisis... If that makes sense. Yeah, people talking about it a lot. Yeah, I remember that being the yeah. first, like that. And you know what? Actually, you know what? Probably was the first Gulf War. It was probably like my first real mm. like adult moment. That was the first time I read newspapers. I think was the first Gulf War because it was like it was in all the papers at the time. And yeah. I, first time I paid attention to a newspaper that showed up at my house. Right. Yeah. Um, on this day in 1968, Martin Luther King was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee, by James Earl Ray. Uh, he fled to Canada, uh, Lisbon, and England before he was arrested. Uh, conspiracy theorists will tell you he was paid to do it or not acting alone. There's When somebody... Well, no, it was the CIA who did it. Um, <laughs> but when somebody is like a shooter or a killer or something, why do we always use first, middle, last name? You ever notice that? Like serial killers, murders, like Lee Harvey Oswald, James Earl Ray. Uh, I don't know. It's like there's It's always <laughs> yeah. three names. Yeah. James Earl Ray, the first thing I thought was James Earl Jones. I was like, that seems like a bad name decision. You picked, should have picked a better stage name for yourself. Uh, this is weird, though, because James Earl Ray is kind of interesting because he admitted to the crime afterwards and then spent, like, 20 years saying that, no, he didn't really do it, which is it's very odd, right? Like, it's like, why would you admit it? Admi well, because you're probably getting paid. Or a conspiracy. Who knows? 
I'm too much into conspiracies. That's my problem when I read all these things. I'm like, there must be some conspiracy theory behind this. Uh, and, here's, and here's one that always makes me think of Parks and Recreation. Uh, on this day in 1841, President William Henry Harrison died of pneumonia just 32 days uh, after he was inducted into office. It was the shortest presidential term in American history. Um, Which one of us do you think is next? <laughs> it's coming, I know, right? So uh, a lot of this is actually a really funny story. Uh, Henry Harrison gave what was considered the longest uh, presidential acceptance speech in history. It was an hour and 45 minutes long. It was also done on a bitterly cold morning in March. Uh, and he did it uh, without a hat, glove, or coat because he didn't want to appear, like, soft, basically. Smart. Right? Uh, he got sick that night. It later turned into pneumonia, and he died. So <laughs> it seems like a bad, bad arc. It's a tough... It's a, it's a tough hand to be dealt when you elect the president and <laughs> end up dying from pneumonia 30 days later. I always remember William Henry Harrison because I always thought that he, he's Old Tippecanoe, and that's a hilarious nickname to me. Huh. Yeah, Old Tippecanoe, and Tyler, too. That was him. Uh, Pawnee, Indiana. So, uh, yeah, history lessons. All right, so again, I don't have a whole bunch of stuff. It's mostly pretty low-key because, again, I couldn't find a whole bunch, and my head hurts. Uh, but... I did look at something, and I'm really looking forward to tomorrow because I've already preemptively taken the day off because I can see that this is going to be worse. Uh, April is a big month for television shows that are either premiering or coming back, especially some that you and I are big fans of. Yeah. So I got a couple shows that are coming out. I'm going to read them off to you. We're going to discuss how excited you may or may not be about these shows coming back and which you're the most excited for. I have a feeling I know already. Uh, number one, Archer comes back tomorrow. Oh, Eighth cool. season of Archer comes out. Uh, I do like Archer. I think it's a good show. Um, I don't know if I'm like super excited to watch the season premiere. It's not one of those kind of shows. No, no, no. Where I feel like I need to watch it like right no. off the bat. Uh, Better Call Saul premieres this, uh, earlier this month as well. You're a Better, Saul, Better Call Saul guy, aren't you? Uh, I've watched I just finished season two a couple days ago. Um, yeah, it's it's after season two, I was a little bit, not let down because it was good, but it was just, it wasn't quite as good as season one. Mm-hmm. And it's lost... I, it's funny, I really don't know how to put into words how I feel about the show, because sure. I don't dislike it, but I don't really have anything good to say about it, which is That's weird. That's fair. That's okay. You know it's like I mean? It's just sort of muddling along a little bit. I, I enjoyed the show when I watched it. I never felt compelled to go mm-hmm. back and watch it. Uh, this one's for me specifically. April 14th, Netflix. They are bringing back my favorite show of all time, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, my only concern is it's not like the same exact people. Like, and I know it can't be the same exact people, right? Like, because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of people involved over the years. I'm somewhat skeptical of them rebooting what I would consider my favorite. Oh, that and the Twilight Zone, I go back and forth. They're like my two favorite television shows of all time. Like, Mm -hmm. I have to choose them. And that's, I'm very excited, but I'm also very skeptical. I think it's like, are you sure it's not out yet? April 14th, I think, is the date. Because I mean, I've seen it on Netflix for the last three weeks. There are old Mystery Science Theaters on there, too, though. I don't know. I'll take a look. Maybe it's already on. If it is, I know what I'm doing tonight. Um, Here's the one that I figured you'd be excited for, The Leftovers. You're a big Leftovers guy. Yeah, you should be, too, but you're dumb, so you're not. (laughs) (laughs) The Leftovers is awesome. (laughs) The Leftovers is really good. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that'll be cool. When's that coming out? Uh, That's uh, middle of this month. You know what the worst part is, though? The show's on HBO, so like I'm spoiled now. Mm-hmm. Because I want it to drop all X Men episodes yes. at once, yeah, so Netflix. I can watch my own leisure. Uh, and here's one that I kind of find interesting. You're a book guy. You're a big book guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of a book? Big called, books, only big books, only large books, the biggest books. Uh, you ever heard of a book called The Handmaid's Tale by Margot Atwood? I think Atwood? it's Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Tale. But yeah, they're making that into a uh, television series. Apparently, really, I don't know anything. I've heard of the book, but I don't know anything about it. This is a book that my boss at work 
always talks to me about like I should get into because I'm a big dystopian future guy and that's apparently what this book's about. Interesting. So uh, I'm very excited. I would say so you certainly leftovers, me certainly Mystery Science Theater. Uh good month for TV. Which is odd because it's nice out and I feel like I want to watch less TV now. Yeah, I, it's I always thought that like follows when TV comes out. It's weird. Everything's yeah. so weird now with like all the streaming services. Like all the old rules are just out the window. Well, because I don't even pay attention to like the new shows that come on like NBC anymore. And I don't mean that as a knock to NBC or like CBS, sort of, but not really. Like it, those shows approach a different demographic than than us. I think like we don't really get our our content from like a cable provider in that way, right? Yeah. Like so, I don't even know about new shows that come out on like NBC or ABC unless like I catch it by accident. Unless they unless they become like a cultural phenomenon, right? And you start hearing about it, and you're like, mm. oh man, maybe I should watch this show. Mm. Uh, oh, I want to talk about this too, since we're talking about pop culture stuff. You and I, huge, huge Stephen King fans, We've talked about it many times over yes. the years. Uh, you have said, I say The Stand is my favorite one. It's because you're wrong. Uh, you say It is your favorite because I'm right, and it's because you're right. The uh, the trailer for the new It. Movie came out this mm. week. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I've heard some bad things about it. Uh, what were your thoughts about the trailer? I thought it was great. It looks mm. like they're going to do a good job of capturing the tone. Um, it looks like they're going to do... Now, understand the the It miniseries that was on when we were kids, I do not like. I think it's junk. I think everything about yeah, it is junk, pretty much. I, I think Tim Curry is completely overrated mm-hmm. in it. Like He's kind of cool, I guess, but... It, it completely does a disservice to how scary the book is, mm. and it looks like they're going to remedy that situation, which makes me very happy. From an outside perspective, I think the point you're making, and I, I think I'm going to jump on your back, is like if you look at the Joker, like the Heath Ledger Joker and the Jack Nicholson Joker, right? Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger Joker was Heath Ledger uh, embracing a character and like making it his own and coming into it and finding this sure. character. Jack Nicholson was playing Jack Nicholson dressed as the Joker. Right, do you know what I mean? Like, Tim Curry was playing Pennywise the Clown as Tim Curry dressed like Pennywise. Well, it, looks like, like, it looks like they do a better job because the thing with It that you wouldn't know if you only watched the miniseries is It is not just an evil clown. Yes. Like, that's so reductive of what what the monster is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that miniseries from the early 90s did a grave disservice to the source material. I was just going to say, I think that that's a good point because most people probably know of It the story Most from the miniseries. It is a movie that's like a scary clown. Yeah. And that's it. And that's not like at all. Which is hilarious because it is like a best selling book, but like it that just shows the difference in range between like a wide ranging book and like a wide ranging well Well it's also it's a best selling book that came out you know thirty years ago. That's true. Thirty five years yeah. ago. Did they ever they didn't want to make a sequel, did they? Did they talk about making a sequel to it? I'm sure he they made well they made the one The Shining and I thought to myself, there's no way you could ever make a book that would Make sense as a sequel to The Shining, and I was wrong because that Doctor Sleep is an awesome. Yeah, Doctor Sleep was a good book. Sleep is a really good well, book. But you know what though? Because it wasn't really a sequel. You know what I mean? Like I think I think sequel is kind of a reductive term too. Sometimes it was like mm. it was a character. You know, the young boy from The Shining. It was him later in life dealing with things. Some of the things that were left over from The Shining, but it wasn't part two of The Shining story. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it was a separate book that had the same characters, a lot of the same themes. You know, things that you definitely. Yeah should have read The Shining first to get to, but I think to call it just a straight sequel isn't exactly right. I think it's almost a, and I don't want to say, I don't want to just sit here and and talk about Stephen King all day, well, I could. Uh, It's almost the perfect type of sequel, right? Do you know there's a podcast for that? Stephen King podcast? podcast? Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. It's called The Loser's Club. I think uh, Consequence of Sound puts it out. Uh, That's right up my alley. Mm -hmm. I love podcasts. Um, Yeah, man, Stephen King's it. I'm excited for it. My only thing, and I saw someone talk about this, 
I'm a little concerned they're going to make it because the book itself, the it book, and I'm not going to spoil anything, is very like cerebral. There's a lot of like discussions about like the basis of fear. Where you know I mean like yeah. it's a lot of like existential discussion about like cosmic entities and fear and, and things like right. that. And I wonder if this will get turned into basically Stranger Things the movie with an evil clown. Do you know what I mean like that's my biggest concern? What 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 is what does that sentence actually I mean? mean that and what are you concerned will, about? I'm basically concerned they're going to take the miniseries and revamp it in a longer movie version and still not add any of the stuff that they left out of the book. Right? They don't it'll just be mostly an adaptation of stuff we've already seen in the in the miniseries, right? Like maybe they won't get any farther into the character of Pennywise than just I'm a scary clown. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I have, but you can tell in the trailer that they do. I hope so. I mean, it seems like they do, but it also mm -hmm. seemed like, if you look at the trailer for the first It movie, where he turns into, like, a werewolf and a mummy and all sorts of different stuff in the trailer, it doesn't seem like the movie you get when they... There was a trailer for that miniseries? Yeah, you gotta go back on the internet and find it. I like to watch all the trailers. Here's a, There's actually a really... Um, if I can pull it up fast enough on my phone, I will plug it. I'm a big fan of, like, old movie trailers and old movies in general. There is a, uh, a YouTube channel, and I'm gonna pull it up, Momentarily, I'm working on it. I'm sorry. I'm going as fast as I can, guys. Um, oh, God. It's called Attack of Something. Oh, my God. I'm going to lose my train of thought. I'll just cut this all out. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyhow, they just basically go over old movie trailers. And what I find fascinating about it uh, is basically that you make, they make movie trailers differently now. Right, like just what they used to what they used to do to sell movies. Go look up an old movie trailer from the eighties. Go look like the Critters movie trailer from the eighties and try and see if that's something you ever would have wanted to go see. All right. Uh, no more it. Let's get into would you rather's and call it quits because I'm tired and I still got to get Cliff down here. Um, all right. So, Kev, would you rather's? We haven't done these in a while. Uh, I didn't want to use them from last week, so these are left over. Um, all right. So, would you rather have a year off of your job at full pay or continue working your job normally but receive double the pay? Double the pay. So, you keep, the, yeah, double the pay to keep doing the same double job. Double the pay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, I feel like unless you really like depends what kind of job you have, but like I can't imagine I'd want to just be off for a full year. Like what would I do? You I can I mean? look at I can see I can see a scenario where being off for a year would be fine, mm. but like no, I'd take that double, I'd take the money. Mm. Double yeah, double the money. You always gotta make more money when you can. A year's worth of like double the money would make a big difference. Yeah. Then you can just take a year off after that. Uh all right. If you could all right. You've been cursed by an evil witch. You can only eat cold food or only eat hot food choice is yours hmm cold food yeah i had went back and forth a lot cold in this food. one because you can't say it has to be cold food there's certain things that just you can't i can deal with certain cold foods like pizza that i would like better as hot but are still edible as they're cold yeah. a bowl of cereal is hard to eat hot do you know what I mean like right. there are certain things that just don't translate over and i think right. the numbers fall on the cold side yeah i think i yeah i would have to agree yeah uh, all right. Would you ne would you rather uh, only need three hours of sleep a night, or never gain weight? This is easy. It's never gain weight. Yeah. What? This is a silly where question. They, where the hell did you get this question? Ah, this is off a list of questions I found. Would you Google dumb questions? Dumb questions. <laughs> uh, you're stuck on an airplane. Uh, you have the choice. Would you rather be stuck to next to a crying baby or a fighting couple? Oh, the fighting couple. <laughs> yeah, the get fighting some... couple. <laughs> I can't. I can't get mad. At a baby for crying. Fighting couple. The only, the only thing is, though, what I know about myself, there's no chance I don't interject myself into this situation. Yeah, it'd be fun. Like it'd be an hour. Because I'd, I'd sit there and I'd try to be mediating. <laughs> like a relationship lawyer. I'd be like, guys, listen, I don't want to, you know, I don't 
Far be it for me to overstep my bounds here, but I've been listening, and here's my take. <laughs> so listen, guys, and I've you heard... know me well enough to know that I would probably be right. Well, it's and like... we would probably be able to make a peaceable accord, well, and because then we could people... fix the situation. They would certainly be offended that you listen to their conversation, but then you would just have you're to, like, sitting you're next in to an me. airplane, like, guys. Is... Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like when I turn my ears off. Yeah. Like, please. All right, and last but not least, would you rather have one wish today, or the guarantee of three wishes ten years from now? Oh, see, that, oh, that's actually, that that must be from a different list. That's an all right question. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad one. Ah, I guess I'll, I'll just take the one today. The one today, huh? Yeah, I, I went back and forth on this. I think the guarantee of ten of three wishes in the future is nice, in ten, ten years in the future. But what's to say you make it ten years in the future? Well, what's to say you make it ten years in the future? And, like, also at that point, like, how much time do you really have left? You know, at this point, we're talking about being in my 40s. Like, eh. But maybe it's like one of those Twilight Zone evil wishes where if you only get one wish... Well, wishes are always evil wishes. Wishes yeah, all wishes, never yeah, work all out. wishes are evil, that's true. Wishes never ever work out. But no, because you could take one right now because like at the end of the day, my life is all right as it is. I don't really need much, so one wish, that's nice. I'll take mm-hmm. that. Mm. Why did that second section go so much faster than the first one? Um... Stephen King, just talking about books? Yeah, talking about stuff we cared about. <laughs> we, we weren't trying to force news stories that we weren't informed about. I'm very tired. Gibraltar. I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was a crazy thing today. I woke up this morning and I heard Spain and Britain were going to war about Gibraltar. I thought I, that was fascinating. At this, it's it's really sad the point we've gotten in the world where like all you can do is laugh at this stuff. And I, like, it's you like, know what? Whatever, guys. Go to war. We live in like this bizarro world where it just doesn't seem like anything's even real anymore. I wonder sometimes. I think that... I don't think it matters what we do anymore. Not, just not you and me. I mean, like, we, the royal we. Like, I think it's all... It's just like everyone's just screaming into the void these days. Seems like it. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, check out our podcast, Uticast, uh, every week as we scream <laughs> into the void <laughs> from, the, from the safety and security of our living room. Uh, Heather will be back next week. Follow her at The Topping Tree. Follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF Doom. Or just follow the show, Uticast.com. Uh, at Uticast on Twitter. We are on Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, 315 Live, and iTunes. All right. I'm going to take some medicine and sleep forever. Thank you.